You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Vod. And I'm Mac. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. I never wanted this. True. But somebody has to stop the deepness. And apparently... Terrace is the only place this can be done. On this fact, however, I don't have to take the word of the philosophers. I can feel our goal now, can sense it, though the others cannot. It pulses in my mind, far off in the mountains. Chapter 6. Well, we are going to, I guess, open up with Vin sleeping in Club's shop. Um, kind of describes how she's pretty surprised by just like how she has her own room to herself it's nothing fancy by any means and like compared to what normal people nowadays might be used to it's it's really very humble but to her it's luxury it's, yeah it's better than anything she's gotten up to this point and so we kind of get we got to get the idea here that club's job is to hide everybody and so he is a master craftsman he's a skull master craftsman so in the city unlike the plantation skull the skull here can have crafts and they can, you know, he, he's been called a master craftsman. So that means he must be quite good at his job. You know, it doesn't get you much, but it gets you better. In Vin's words, you're way better off than any other skull, mm-hmm. you know, out there anywhere. And so he he has this front that he's a master woodsman, wood, woodcrafter, you know, carpenter, whatever, whatever it's going to be. And he uses that as a front to hide mistings. Doxon kind of walks by and finds her spying on people because Vin, upon waking up, decides the first thing she's going to do is try to be pretty sneaky and watch what everyone does and try to get a feel for the new environment here, especially with it being she just slept here and, you know, she's never really been here before. I think it mentions later on that she, in the middle of the night, she woke up and she went about and like searched the whole place as, as she does Mm -hmm. to make sure that nothing, um, mysterious, mischievous was going on while she was about to sleep. But Doxon catches her, um, spying and lets her know that she has a bath, which again, she is kind of blown away by. She has this warm bath. She goes, she takes it. The, the, the water is scented with perfumes, which she's like, this is really bad. Um, you get more of like Reen's insight and in, in this episode and the fact that she remembers like, you know, Reen wanted me to be a boy, not a girl. Well, she doesn't say boy, but he says he wanted her to be seen as a thief first and a girl second. And that he did that for her own protect- protection so she wouldn't catch the eyes of anybody, especially if he wasn't there. And so she's like thinking to herself, perfume makes me stand out way too much. Like me being clean makes me stand out way too much. This isn't good. But they want me to do it, and I'm kind of not in a spot where I can argue with these people. They have something I want, so I need to listen. And so she takes the bath, and she goes downstairs, she gets food, and the basically the squad shows up. And really, up to this, if you want me to continue the summer, we can go with it, or this is your part you've been wanting to really get to. So we get to where we talk about the problems and the things that are they need to actually address this is the big point in the heist where we go here are all the impossible things that we need to do 
and this is the the montage in the movie where they're they're going between different points and everything this is what we need done the bank vault is impossible to break into and so let's talk about the impossible things so he lists several things so he lists the garrison of basically all the military that's there because that's the that's the only like law keeping force that they have um they need to cause chaos in the city um and then they need to handle the great houses because if the great houses are there then they're going to come in and they're going to take care of their own power and they're going to have their own armies that are set up um they need to handle the steel ministry uh which is going to be around and one steel inquisitors can be like more more than a thousand soldiers um they need to secure the treasury treasury so they can get the atm um they need to have troops set up uh and to for the skull rebellion and then they need to handle the Lord Ruler in some way. Uh, and then the last thing was Eden's bad attitude. Yeah, I want to say it was like Eden's bad attitude, and it was also um, it was also being able to train his army in a very secure location. Right, right. So the troops and the Scott, the Scar Rebellion, basically getting them all together. That was yeah. the whole the whole thing. Yeah, and uh, those were the big points, and I think it was great because. You know, Kelsier's like, that's not so bad now that we've broken it down right. And everyone else is like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it's not so bad. Well, and it's funny because he, he says that and then he go, they go, they, they then the real thing comes up because we all start thinking of our own ways of solving this problem. And mm-hmm. they think of the obvious stuff like they go, OK, so we need to cause chaos in the city. Um, easy. Let's just cause a revolution. And Yin's like, you dingus, have you not been listening during this whole time? Yeah, um, I am the Skull Rebellion. <laughs> we've we've been trying for a thousand years to get them to to rebel. You're not going to be able to do that. That's just not going to happen. Then Ham was like, oh, well, let's go ahead and let's try to cause like maybe a fire. Um, and then he, he was, Kelsey was like, no, I mean, you're going to kill just a bunch of Ska and you're not really going to do very much. Um, and then Kelsier kills two birds with one stone. And he says, what about a house war? So now we're talking about the great houses, you know, basically all the nobles going after each other. Um, and that both handles the great houses and causes chaos in the city. Yeah, and Kelsier already mentions that he already started. And we got that, uh, we got his view of him starting that in the last chapter. And we're starting to get an idea of the politics here, which we'll go into a little bit more, a bit more. But that was a, you know, a neat suggestion. Two birds with one stone right there. So then they turn their eyes to the garrison. Um, and the first suggestion was, you know, the obvious one, but probably the dumber one, which is to just attack the garrison. And they're like, we're probably not going to ever be able to make an army that's going to be able to attack the garrison inside their own fort. Um, then they're like, oh, well, maybe the great houses will keep the garrison, you know, under wraps, you know, with they're having their own fight, then the garrison will be taken care of. And they're like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they would be still doing their job. They'd be in the city. So this is when Kelsier, I think he had an idea of what to do, like my, my headcanon is, but then he talked, he asked Vin, what would you do here? And just puts her on the spot and she gets all, all nervous about it. She's like, well, you definitely can't. He, she, he's like, you're going to, if you were going to fight someone who's bigger and stronger than you, what would you do? And they're like, well, you definitely can't fight them straight up. Um, so yeah, and she makes a good point. You can't, you can't fight them because even if you won, you can't hold the city. Exactly. Like you, you definitely wouldn't fight someone who's bigger and stronger than you because you would be too weak to be able to fight later. Um, so the best way is to get them to essentially leave the city. So we're talking about um, 
trying to get him out of the city. And they're like, well, we can cause a rebellion in a nearby city. And they're like, one, um, that we just, we just talked, about we that. just talked about why, why we can't get, get a rebellion going. Um, and two, like, that's probably not going to be a good enough problem because if it's too much of a threat, then they're not going to get the garrison. They're going to get these things called coloss or this coloss, you know, whatever to go take it out. And if it's not enough of a threat, then they're not going to send the whole garrison. And so they're like, how are we going to be able to pull this off? And Ven makes the big point of the day. Yeah. How far are the pits of Hassin? And they're like, holy crap. I mean, it's perfect. It's the perfect idea because there's, you know, they, if the Lord Ruler goes crazy about the people attacking the pits of Hassin, then everyone's going to go, why the hell did he send such a big force to go take care of it? Can't get people talking. Maybe that's where his ATM is. That's and, where the supply is. And that's the thing. So he can't he can't make a big stir about it, but he doesn't have to take it very seriously. Um, and the coloss are too far away to be able to do anything effectively. So the only real way he'd be able to take care of it would be to send the garrison. And then he needs to make sure it's taken care of really well. So he just sends the whole garrison. Um, so then we get to the troops. And so they talk about how, you know, the caves up and up north should be able to take care of, uh, should be able to house maybe about 10,000 people, which Eden said that is actually more than they were expecting. And he said, I only have like 300 people there and it's, that's including women and children. Yeah. And I th- want to say Ham mentions, which is a completely valid point that the Lord Ruler, you know, as long as he's not expecting a giant army to be formed there, they, he already knows that those exist. But he doesn't even want to send troops to go deal with it because one, they're not a big problem. But two, cave fighting is nasty business. Yeah, he's like, you know, if Lord Ruler's nothing if not vain, so he doesn't want to go out there and then lose, um, and so he doesn't even bother with it. So um, we were talking about they were talking about how are they going to be able to get ten thousand people, and Kelsey was like, well, there's a million people around here. We just need a small percentage of them to be able to take care of everything. So he says, Breeze, you got one year to figure it out. And Breeze is like, mm, okay, fine. We'll get that taken care of. Yeah, your your army of soothers and rioters. Go go get it done. So um, then they say they have to figure out getting weapons. And he's like, oh, well, don't worry. I can get a nobleman to help us out. They're like, what do you mean a nobleman? He's like, uh, we're not going to work with any noblemen. And Kelsey's like, oh, don't worry. This one's different. And they're like, oh, you've got an imposter. And... Uh, he makes kind of a big deal about that, and Yidin gets all upset, but there's something you, you, going on with his imposter. You killed a nobleman? I don't care how good of a person you got that's going to do this. You know, He's going to tip us off. He's going to give us away. And Breeze comes in with that little bit of a, a, little bit of a smackdown. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. If you're <laughs> upset about that, this is worse. This is a dozen times worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then they uh, say that, you know, essentially they need to have a spy on the inside, someone that can kind of get information. And all of them are like, uh, I've been I've been spotted out. The Lord Ruler apparently has a perfect memory. And so he's a, he's going to everyone else is going to be figured out. So the only person they can really turn to is Ham, who is not going to be able to do it at all or Ven. And so they decide, well, we can go ahead and try to get make Vin into a noblewoman spy. Uh, and then Marsh is going to be set up to deal with the Steel Inquisitors. And as that, they show up, Marsh shows up and says, and kind of puts a stop on the party. Yep. 
And that's where we're left with this chapter, is everyone excusing themselves, essentially, and Kelsier ready to talk to Marsh. And we're also left with another epigraph. Rashik is a tall man. Of course, most of the terrorist men are tall. He is young to receive so much respect from the other packmen. He has charisma, and the women of the court probably describe him as handsome, in a rugged sort of way. Yet it amazes me that anyone would give heed to a man who speaks such hatred. He has never seen Kalinium, yet he curses the city. He does not know me, yet I can already see the anger and hostility in his eyes. So there's a couple of things we want to unpack here. First off, before we even get into these epigraphs, because I think we were given a pretty valuable clue about these epigraphs in this in this chapter. But uh, I want to mention something straight off the bat. What has Kelsier said about, in the last chapter, what did he say about all the noblemen and the Ska helping them? They, they all deserve death. Mm-hmm. Yet, in here... Ham mentions using soldiers that are in the garrison or have fought under the Lord Ruler as trainers and sergeants for this army, and Kelsier doesn't even bat an eye at doing it. I thought that was really weird. It it felt felt completely out of character. He even goes to bat for them. He's like, you know, everyone has to do something, you know, everyone, you know, we all have to pull our own way through the world. You can't. You know, you can't, you can't judge everyone. I mean, I don't know if I believe Kelsier because at this point, like that to me was such a a shot in the dark. Up to this point, all we've seen is this man kill and hate noblemen, you know, like with what's been going on. So that just surprised me when I was reading it. it and was, some interesting things happened in the next chapter, which I was going to talk about, too. So that's a good point. I actually even forgot that in, in chapter six. And uh, that is a good point. He. Yeah, he was pretty bloodthirsty earlier, and now he's like, "Well, you know, you can't judge. Everyone's making their way in the world." You see, he has a little bit of resentment because I think, at least, I see it as some when Mm -hmm. he because he mentions he goes, "Ham, like, I don't trust people who are just going to do this for coin. You need to make sure they hate the final empire. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure they're mad that they had to do what they had to do." Right, right. And so I see my, I could see it a little bit in him, but that just kind of surprised me a bit. Um. But that was the big thing I want to talk about. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we talk about the epigraphs? I think the epigraphs is what I want to get into. So get us going on that. So there's a point in this discussion where Kelsier actually adds the Lord Ruler's name onto the board. You know, it isn't. And when he adds it in, he says, like, we need to figure out what we're going to do with the Lord Ruler if I can't kill him. And um, eventually they kind of push that off to... Eden, you're gonna have to figure it out because if I can't kill him, you know, that's where our our, our deal ends. Because I mean, that wasn't even a part of it. I'm just throwing that in as a bonus for you that I, I'll kill the Lord Ruler if I can. But if I can't, you we will find a way to trick him out of the city. But then after that, you're gonna have a very pissed off neighbor to deal with. And while this is happening, Vin in her head's thinking, the Lord Ruler is the Lord. He was the creator, protector, and punisher of mankind. He saved the world from the deepness. Then he brought the ash in the mist as a punishment for those people's lack of faith. Whoa, what have we been talking about with these epigraphs? Right. So that's the one thing we actually we mentioned in the epigraph episode was like, who has been talking, who, who's writing this? And um, this seems to imply at least it's the Lord Ruler. Yeah, I mean, it seems because, you know, based on the lore and everything that's going on, he was the one who did save everyone from the deepness. So it's like... 
have we been looking into the past potential of what happened with the Lord Ruler? And I mean, everything we've heard about the Lord Ruler up until now has been pretty bad. I mean, they are like, I mean, we're hearing it from Kelsey's point of view, but uh, it doesn't seem like objectively he's done very, you know, great things. Um, you know, we already have a slave cat class. He's letting that happen. And he seems like he's all powerful, so he could probably do whatever he wants. Um, and um, he's got like his people of obligators. He's still inquisitors, which are like at least coded as ba bad guys. Because, I mean, you, how can you be very much of a good guy with spikes going through your head? There must be something going on. Um, and uh, then we read these epigraphs and they seem like a pretty down-to-earth dude you know just a guy who's like hey um i'm having some self-doubt but apparently i'm supposed to fulfill this proper prophecy and there's some really bad thing called the deepness and i'm supposed to take care of it and um then we hear that the lord ruler by you know their history was the one who took care of the deepness yeah i mean i want to say i think the epigraph we discussed before this this episode in our epigraphs episode the last one we discussed it said I don't even understand what I'm supposed to do. The terrorist philosophies claim that I'll know my duty when the time comes, but that's a small comfort. The deepness must be destroyed, and apparently I'm the only one who can do so. Yeah, so I mean, it, 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 you know, from what we can tell, it seems like this is Lord Ruler. It just is just so contradictory from everything we've heard about him. Uh, the other thing is, is, I think even in that episode, I mentioned something about there not being any religions that have been mentioned, but. It seems like the religion, the religion, is the Lord Ruler is God. Um, and I mean, you think yeah. he, I think they even say, like, uh, don't even take his name in, like, in vain because blasphemy honors him. Yeah, blasphemy still acknowledges him as your God. It's Kelsier saying that yeah. he doesn't want them to. And I know Ham, at least, you know, called him the sliver of infinity at one point. Or mm -hmm. he's a sliver of infinity. And so, like, yeah, they, they the Lord Ruler is not only the Lord Ruler. There, there, there's some following here too. At least that's what it seems to be hinting at. Right. And so, I again, I wonder. I like. I think we decided for our, our last week to have the epigraph episode, um, to kind of put them all together in the very beginning because reading them separately, there was almost nothing there to base anything off of. And then when we put them together, we saw the formation of some sort of story occurring. And now, you know, we're getting our first like at least hints at what that story could be being told. And that's pretty exciting. Indeed. So we got to make sure we pay attention to that. Um, let's, um, let's also talk about really fast. Cause like, I mean, this is what you've been waiting for. You've been, <laughs> you've been telling me the whole time about how you can't wait to get to the point where they lay out the plan because in true heist fashion, you know, we did a little bit of a disservice with how quickly we went over it, but it was a, it was a classic heist moment yeah yeah and i mean it's hard to it's hard to kind of like spell out all the things that happened during this during in during this chapter because this is effectively the chapter where everyone comes together i mean if i was a writer i probably would have done this in like chapter two um but brandon mm -hmm. set us up so well so now we have all all our cast characters and everything's all squared away so now we have a plan the plan essentially yeah. Now, you know, the classic thing with heists is plans end up having to change and modify and mutate. But what I love about this is it set up this it set up the stakes and it really, really spelled it out like saying, yeah, all those easy things, easy solutions you might have thought of. Not only did we think about it, but here's exactly the reasons why they're not going to work. And um, it also plays into a trope. And I, I admit I'm a little sucker for these tropes of like, you know, of course, Vin was going to have some neat idea. 
I always like to say, like this is something I was, I was, was going to come back to earlier, was I was always like to think that Kelsier probably thought of these things because, of course, he came from the pits fast then. He knows where the ATM was. He's had this information for a while. Um, so I want I like to think that Kelsier had in his mind, you know, this is what I think we should do. But he wanted Ven to say it. Cause, yeah. Because he wanted Ven to get the respect. Yeah. And he's showing a lot of like, like you said, he's showing a lot of good leadership qualities here. He wants is like he knows that Ven would be integral. You know, he knows that Ven will be very important. But now the other characters know, oh, look, she's not just this little kid. Breeze played her off, you know. You know, played her off as a, a little servant the first time he met her, and then he figured out she was a misborn. And it's almost like his, his shift and his thought of her just barely shifted, even after hearing that. And so, like, I th- definitely think there, this was Kelsey's plan to try to like integrate her into the group even more. And it was like, look, she has a lot more worth than just being the misborn. We're going to need her. We're going to need these fresh ideas. Right. And that was even before they got to the point where they're like, oh, you know, she might actually be one of the integral cogs of this whole plan yeah. as being the spy. Because he's like, well, you know, my spy, you know, my guy who's doing the undercover as as the uh, the noble, he's, he can't be our spy. And yeah, what did he say about that? Because that was interesting, too. He said that uh, my guy is good. He'll, he he'll is, pass. He'll he'll pass all the scrutiny. He just never can get in front of an obligator, not inquisitor or inquisitor. Okay, yeah. I thought it was yeah, yeah. And so like that's what surprised me because it was like when you were reading it. Yeah, I want to say Kilsir even said like, my guy is perfect. Like he's like he's he's yeah. perfect. He's like he, I have no doubt, <laughs> but he can't get in front of an inquisitor. And then and as soon as he said that, Breeze was like, ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Out, I mean, yeah, like they're they're supposed to. I wonder like. Does that mean this guy's a misting? Because we've been heard up to this point that you you have to keep mistings away from the Inquisitors. They can find them easily. So I wonder if it's some clever person using some sort of allomantic tricks or something like that to to hide in plain sight. But it sure makes you wonder why they never mentioned it before. Like they weren't like, oh yeah, yeah. let's let's just get a you know we call, we heard about Smoker. This <laughs> is uh this is future Mac. <laughs> There's a there'd be a I almost spoiled something for you there. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's just weird that they, um, um, that we haven't heard anything about this before. So something else is going on, which we already know that there's a lot of things that we haven't heard about yet, um, that is, that's going to be coming out. Um, but I just thought it was, uh, you know, a genius idea or it was great that they spelled out that there's, um, things that we need to handle that I didn't even think of. Like, okay, we got to yeah. take care of the garrison. Okay. We'll make them leave well, what do you think is going to make them leave and also not get someone to pull a different, larger army away? Or if there's such a big threat, why would they not hunker down and, you know, whatever? So having that, you know, spelled out, was something I didn't even think of. We also got really great insight into house politics, like you were mentioning. Uh, the big bad house Venture, we've heard them multiple times, and that's the one Kelsier attacked. What did Venture report? Venture reported that three Mistborn were sent to assassinate him. <laughs> and we learned very quickly after what Kelsier did just by himself, that would be overkill. He should be dead. So mm. house politics, not only, and this is pretty obvious, not only deems that they can't show weak, but in this case, um, Kelsier said by attacking as a Mistborn, he's sowing a lot of nervousness and a lot of distrust between noble houses now because they have an unspoken rule that they won't send Mistborn after each other. Because they're too strong. And 
they're not supposed to be anywhere except for in the noble houses. I mean, yeah, which means that a noble house had to have done it. Yeah. And so I think that's pretty big. And I think it's really interesting here because I want to say that one seems like, I don't want to say the easiest task they have to go after, but it seems pretty easy considering Kelsier and them also mentioned that, Oh, you know, every hundred years or so that we have a house for anyway, and we're coming back up round on that that time now it's been a while yeah i mean but i think that also shows that it is actually a bit more difficult because i think i think that that's like it's almost like it's a it's a it's catch-22 it's so easy because it's been a century since the last house war but at the same time it's been a century since the last house war so there's a reason that that doesn't come up you know there's a reason that this doesn't you know is it the lord ruler that keeps everything in place is it you know is there actually some stability in the politics i mean Bree, I want to say it was Breeze or it was Kelsier. One of the two said that the Lord Ruler actually doesn't keep up with them. In fact, he they said that he likes to, according to them, he likes to let them squabble because mm. they keep themselves in check. Right. And that's my, my my point is like, you know, they can't be so precarious. But at the same time, there's, as far as we know, never been a ska misborn. Um, you know, there have been ska misdings, but... Uh, they you know, they're so so rare that yeah. you know Kelsier and Ven are the only two that anyone ever even knows about. Yeah, the people know about Kelsier says he was he was taught by one, but like you know other other than that, Kelsier it was like when he first met Ven, he's like I only know of one other uh one other ska misborn. Right. So they're super duper rare. So basically, if you see one, it's got to be a nobleman or a noble you know person. It's got to be mm-hmm. someone in the noble class. So they're like, hey, if I came in and killed him then or if someone came and tried to kill me it had to have been a misborn yeah so i mean lots of lots of you know really really juicy stuff here I, i'm just excited because this is like the point where the plot is really starting to like kind of lay yeah, out it's taken off and so now it's like okay i want to see this implemented but you know the next foot has to drop you know something has to go wrong or multiple somethings has to go wrong so we're getting up to what could possibly go wrong hey guys it's matt Thanks for listening to the Autos Podcast. You'll start seeing regularly scheduled episodes starting November 14, 2022. If you'd like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a small project, so please support us with likes and comments because that's what the algorithms crave. If you're listening to the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you really want to give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon so we can give Vaughn a better mic.